0: Morning. morning. Are we all okay? Yeah. yeah. Andy's okay. That's good. Um, I'm just going to pop my phone here, because according to the order of service, we've got 28 minutes uh, this morning to preach. So keep my eye on that time, it's very warm, um, and obviously if, if, if I start to speak really quickly toward the end, you know it's because the minutes are, are draining away. Um, interesting, I was... Uh, asked this morning to get nervous uh, when you preach. And I thought about it and I thought, well, not, not really. Um, you know, obviously it's a huge undertaking, one which you want to do well and, and honour the Lord in. Um, but that was before Neil told me his friend, an elder from another church was coming this morning. So um, it's always nice to know those things at the last moment No, But I know Alex from years ago, isn't it? From playing football together. Um, so he played football, that was uh, 10 years ago, maybe. Eight or nine years ago. Showing our age now, aren't we? Um well I am. Um but again it's a real privilege this morning to be here to to bring God's word um, to you. And another little encouragement I had yesterday, we um during a football match we were playing yesterday, went over to Chester uh, and saw another friend that I hadn't seen for ten years. Um when I last saw him, he was like nineteen years old. Um, hasn't cha- hasn't aged a day, um, believe it or not, looking at him. Um but he was sharing how he um, is about to plant a church and become a pastor, only 29 years of age. And again, you know, it's just amazing to see um, what God is doing through the lives of people, um, you know, in and through this region, this city. Um, and it's just really, really, really good to be, you know, connected to those kinds of people. So it's fantastic. Um, but we're not here to talk about football or things like that, of course. Um, we're here to hear from God, um, hear from the King of our creation, the one who has given us his Holy Spirit, um, and that if we are his people this morning, the one who we know uh, loves us and cares for us. And if you're joining us this morning um, uh, and you're visiting us, then you'll see that we are uh, in the middle um, of a series in Romans 8, uh, the series entitled All That We Are. I'm not sure if if we knew that. It's not been mentioned before. But again, it's a real key thing, which is is, is to not necessarily know um, what we're to do, but just to really affirm who we are as God's people. And hopefully we're going to see that as we look at uh, Romans chapter 8 this morning and look at uh, verses 14 to 17, which we're going to look at together um, in a moment. And over the last few weeks, we've been reminded um, that as a believer in the Lord Jesus, to clarify, we're going to hear that word a lot this morning. What that means is somebody who believes um, that Jesus Christ was fully God, fully man, lived a perfect and sinless life, someone who was obedient to his Father in heaven, even um, in going to die on the cross and rise again three days later, defeating sin and death in the process, to put our faith in who Jesus is and what he has done, makes us believers and makes us a Christian. And that's important for us to, to follow that this morning as we hear that word, uh, believers. But as believers, we've heard, haven't we, the last few weeks that we are in Christ. And that phrase has been mentioned the last few weeks. Um, And what that means for us is that we've received immeasurably more um, than we could ever expected or imagined. Again, not necessarily in a physical or earthly sense, but in a spiritual sense, in an eternal sense. And it's been really encouraging to hear um, the last few weeks just some amazing uh, truths and blessings uh, that we've received as God's people from, from Romans chapter 8. So a few of those have been just going through here. We've, we've, we've um, heard that we've received freedom. Um, and the verses 1 to 4 from Romans 8, we're seeing that we've received freedom from our sin, freedom from death, uh, from the law of God, um, and from our own flesh and sinful nature. We heard that a few weeks ago, that, that as, as people outside of the knowledge of God that we are enslaved to our sinful flesh but in in Jesus Christ we have been freed from that and we heard again a couple weeks ago in verses 5 to 8 that we've received life uh, life in the spirit Um, and we're to set our minds on the spirit which we know will bring true life and and a real purpose and meaning Uh, and last week looking at verses 9 to 13 we saw that actually we've also received God's spirit and God's spirit that dwells within us and that's the same This is a mind-blowing phrase when I hear this, but we've received an indwelling of this Holy Spirit, which is the same Spirit that actually raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Um, And that Spirit that dwells within us brings us life and all of what comes with that. So some amazing things to encourage us uh, and challenge us over the last few weeks. And this morning, we're going to be continuing on, looking at verses 14 to 17 which we're going to read in a moment um, and within this passage this morning we're going to look at what it means as Christians to have a, a wonderful and good uh, heavenly father and we're going to see that uh, illustrated through again this unbelievable doctrine of, of divine adoption um, and what that looks like um, so if you turn with me to Romans chapter 8 and verses 14 to 17 we're going to read this passage together. And then just consider for a few moments um, a few things in light of it. So it says this. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. That we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. Provided we suffer with Him, in order that we may also be glorified with Him. And it's important to note, right from the beginning here, it's very uh, the language here about being sons. It does not exclude um, the ladies in the room. Um, it's just a, a term. The Bible uses in an original form, obviously written in, in Greek language, and it basically continues the overarching theme of a sonship, um, very contextual uh, to Rome at the time. But we, of course, know um, that everybody who puts their faith in the Lord Jesus um, is a beneficiary of receiving this adoption and, and to be able to call God their Father in heaven, uh, immaterial of their gender. But this morning, i to look at a couple of things. Consider in light of uh, this passage. There's three things to look at in terms of, of what we receive here. So, looking at Romans 8 14 to 17, we receive a new identity. We're going to look, look at that in a, in a bit more detail. A new intimacy and a new inheritance. And those, those that like alliteration uh, will enjoy those three. I know Neil does. Um, will enjoy those three eyes. There. So it gives a bit of a framework to look through. So again, if your eyes are in your Bible, um, if you're looking at verse 14, we're going to see in a bit more detail about how we receive this new identity. And verse 14 says, again, to remind us that for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Because being an adopted child of God provides a believer, a Christian, with that new identity. And again, looking through those verses there, we see this concept Numerous times. In verse 14, we see the language that we are sons of God. In verse 15, we see the language that we are receive adoption as sons. In verse 16, we are children of God. And verse 17, we are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And if we're a Christian here this morning, that's true of each of us. Now, I don't know about you, but I find identity as quite a fascinating concept. So I'm I'm not thinking at this at this stage around uh, gender identity or maybe sexual identity, but just identity in general of how we identify with um, certain things. So if you are a health and fitness fanatic, uh, I'm clearly not, um, then your identity is often wrapped up in that, isn't it? You might attend a gym um, on a regular basis. You may get a personal trainer. Um, your or I say you am not, you wear a Fitbit, there we go, um, that counts every step that you might take. You count your calories, you adopt a certain language, you follow nutrition plans, you obviously adopt that regular pattern of exercise, whether it's walking or running, whatever it might be. You probably follow numerous health and fitness personnel on Instagram or Twitter. Um, you may even do a bit of live blogging yourself once you've done it for a little bit of time, I don't know. Um, and if you're really honest, you might look at other people who are a little bit unhealthier than you with a little bit of a tone of judgment or disapproval. A perceivable smirk, and that might be you. Not looking at anyone else in particular. That might be you uh, in the room. And that, and that is what your identity can be wrapped up in. Um, but if you're not into health and fitness, it might be your identity is one of what we call a foodie. And anyway, I, I identify as being a foodie. Um, now, foodies, which i probably fallen into that bracket, bracket a bit more with my wife, um, in fact, when I was writing this last night, actually, I was tucking in to a Dougal's Strawberry Cheesecake Donut. So that tells you all you need to know about me, um, of what side I fall on. But a foodie loves and receives great enjoyment and satisfaction from eating lovely, wonderful, different foods. Foods that genuinely are bad for you, because let's be honest, they're the foods that taste the best. Dougal's, we are chatting this morning, who knows how many calories there are in a Dougal's Donut but they all taste great. Um, you won't attend a gym, probably, because your priorities are in and around going out, enjoying fine dining, probably on a Lane or somewhere similar. Um, you look at all these little gym bunnies with a tone of sympathy um, yeah. and possible other disapproval as well. Um, these people won't follow health and fitness people. They'll follow bakeries on Instagram um, and donut shop, for example, probably posting hundreds of and hundreds uh, of photos of their food, what they eat, where they've been to, rating different foods and things like that. Now, and that is generally because that's who they that's how they spend their time uh, and, and whatnot, but these are two distinct identities, they're polar opposites, health and fitness fanatics and foodies. Um, but what fascinates me the most is in, in these two identities, if we're honest, we're probably being both of these at some point. I'm kind of in between uh, identities at the moment, sometimes go with health and fitness, but definitely foodie at the moment. But these are identities that we we spend hours of our time and hundreds of pounds of our money investing into and feeding into it. And so we can't think about anything else. Um, People don't know who we are outside of being a health and gym uh, fitness fanatic or being somebody. And obviously there's various different identities that we can... Um, Undertake as well, Um, but the beauty is in the Bible that that we're told and we're told here that as believers that we have a far better and greater and more significant identity, one which outweighs anything else that we can can identify ourselves with um, in this world, one which has been given to us upon faith in Jesus, upon our salvation um, and one which we know if we are a believer that it infinitely outweighs Um, anything else we could strive for or base uh, our affection or attention towards. Um, And again, looking at that verse there, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Um, And we've seen that that it's not just about us, it's about having the Holy Spirit that that dwells within us, who affirms who we are and enables us to set our minds upon um, the spirit, which brings life and brings peace. Now, I know you'd normally get this from Neil or even Mark, if he was preaching. Um, but looking at the original Greek of the word adoption, um, and you're going to have to take my word for how this is pronounced. Um, but this word here says, hoithisia. Is that OK? There we go. Um, there's no Greek scholars in the room, is there? Who's going to shut that one down. Um, and as far as you know, that's the absolute correct um, pronunciation. Um, what that means is, is to have the place of a son. Um, and in Rome at this time, when it was written, adoption was a very familiar concept to people. Um, to be adopted at that time would have meant that you would have received a new family, a new identity, a new family name, one which resulted in you becoming part of that new family and becoming an heir to a new inheritance, as we're going to look at in a bit, in a bit more detail later on. Um, now, I can, re- I can remember speaking to a friend um, a few years ago who adopted uh, two children. Um, and again, one of the loads, loads of that process um, is unbelievable and beautiful. One thing which really struck me the most was when he just described how, upon signing adoption papers to, to bring these two little boys into that family, one thing which, which they do is they, they erase or remove their, their birth surname and, and put on that new surname onto that adoption paper, which obviously gives them that new identity, that new. Um, legally becoming part of that new family, um, and that's just a wonderful thing, a beautiful thing um, for, for you know for people that experience that, and even more so for us if we are Christians this morning that we've not only been forgiven of our sin, and this isn't just a, something which you can just um, pick up you know when we die to inherit the good afterlife. This is something which is amazing for us now today. We've been adopted into a new family, a spiritual family, an eternal family, one which we don't have to strive for or earn or have to show success towards to attain, but one which through the death of Jesus Christ, um, through the grace of God, we have been brought into. And not only do we receive a, a heavenly father who loves us, but we're brought into a family, a family of brothers and sisters um, in the church, or bro, if we're if we call cool. that's what it's called. bro. That, but an amazing picture of what it looks like to um, be part of God's family. Um, and it's important for us uh, as Christians this morning, if we are, um, to view ourselves in light of that. Often we probably don't. We miss the weight of what it means to be a child of God, to be um, to have received that uh, divine adoption, to have been an enemy of God, but now be brought in to His family. Um, and what that means it 's not something to experience in isolation um, but to really feel the weight and to live in light that the spirit of God has been given to us that who dwells within us and he 's called us to love god and to love one another and in doing so to share the, the truth of the gospel um, with those around us and, and and to show what it looks like to truly know jesus so um, Something for us to to really, really consider and reflect on and pray for each other as as believers. Um, so, a new identity. The second thing, um, but now we're doing for time. But the second thing uh, we're looking at is we receive a new intimacy. So, looking at verse fifteen, it says this: For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry. Abba Father. So again, being an adopted child of God provides a believer or a Christian with a new intimacy, and that intimacy is with God. And it's not referring to a physical intimacy, but a relational intimacy that we receive when we put our faith in Jesus and receive um, the a relationship with God who is in heaven and with one another in the church. Now this intimacy that we're talking about here is brought about by the Holy Spirit um, and it's reflected in this word ABBA. Now you may be going straight to that wonderful Swedish pop band um, ABBA, who sung so many great hits that we hear at weddings and was any at your wedding? Dancing Queen? I don't know. Yeah. Go. Um, we're not talking about them. We're talking about this biblical term that refers to closeness and affection. And Paul, when writing to the Romans in this letter, states that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God affirms that we are God's children. And we see this in this language that we see, um, again, in in verse 16, which says, you have received the spirit of adoption. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And and what is wonderful here is that Paul's stating that the spirit that is within replaces that fear that we may have had prior to becoming a Christian, prior to becoming a child of God and we placed it with safety and security. The way we view God and how we know God now is in such a, uh, a completely opposite way than before we knew him. God is not someone to be uh, feared in a, in a hopeless sense, um, but he is to be enjoyed, he is to be adored, um, to be received. Because um, before we knew him, that our slavery to sin dictated God to be our judge. Whereas now, in and through Jesus, in the gospel, we view God as our father, as, again, a wonderful truth. Um, and that intimacy that we can experience brings peace and joy and hope and love and true life, as we've seen over the last few weeks, because we can have complete assurance that we are loved by God. And because we can know, and we know this to be true, again, as a believer, because of the person and the finished work of Jesus through his death and his resurrection. Um, And again, with this newfound intimacy, we know that we can call out to God as our heavenly father. And we do call out, but we don't have to call out on our own. Um, We do this through his spirit. And again, if you turn your attention to verse 15, you'll see again here, Paul saying that you have received the spirit of adoption of sons by whom we cry Abba Father Um, it's by God's spirit that we cry out to him with affection and closeness and with this biblical intimacy and again Jesus has adopted status that we've we've seen in this passage here that we cry out to God as our father not as our judge we cry out in safety and security with that assurance that we are accepted we don't do it in fear um, we cry out knowing in absolute confidence that he hears us, that he knows us, that he loves us and cares for us. Um, and I've got this picture of of, of, um, of great fathers. I'll, you know, I've, I, we all say this, but you know, I've got a great dad. Um, I'm sure you have too. Um, a dad who I know loves me, who's caring, generous, sacrificial, He's present in my life. He's got a questionable taste in music. Um, but that aside, is a really, really, you know, wonderful man. Um, I don't tell him that enough, but if he hears this, he'll know. Um, and between us, you know, we have that relational intimacy, which I genuinely believe, obviously, albeit in a dim um, sense, an intimacy that Paul describes here. Um, and his dad was the same. Uh, my granddad, he was a wonderful man, again, providing a really, you know, nurturing, caring environment. But I only had uh, one granddad because. Growing up, my mum um, was abandoned by her father as a baby. Uh, My grandma struggled having to raise four children. Uh, My mum spent years in and out of foster care, having her older brother um, to be that father type figure. Um, So her experience of of a father was certainly not one of of love and security and safety um, until she met my, my dad and then her um, my my other granddad really really took on that mantle, and um, you can see here those two polar opposite experiences of what it means to have um, of of that father type figure. And you may resonate with one of those. Um, usually, um, by the grace of God, it's a positive one, or you may be somewhere in between. Um, but the beautiful thing is for us as believers that when we again are in Christ and we've received. That relational intimacy with God, uh, our Father, that transcends any earthly experience um, that we may have, whether that's a good one or a bad one. And if you are a Christian here this morning, then that's you, that's me. We have this access to Abba, that closeness uh, and affection with God that He gives to us as a gift. And you know, the question this morning, I suppose, is are we enjoying that? Are we experiencing that? Are we taking the time? to actually rest and be in that relational intimacy that we have, having been brought into a relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, or are we distracted by other things? Is our identity in food or fitness or anything else kind of detracting from our identity and intimacy that we experience with God through His Spirit? Um, It's a question, isn't it, for us to consider Um, Because we know that there's no greater place than to be in the affection and embrace of God. And if you're not a Christian here this morning, the wonderful, wonderful thing is that this is available to you. This is something which you can experience. God is here by his spirit. He knows your heart. He knows your sin. He knows your struggles. You might not even know them yourself, but he does. And the wonderful, beautiful thing is that he loves you. He knows you and he loves you. And he wants you to experience this intimacy with him that we can have because of the death and resurrection of his son, the Lord Jesus. see, in the gospel, we find safety, we find forgiveness of our sin, we find a God who loves us and welcomes us into his family and one who wants to adopt us um, and bring us into that relationship with himself and with his church. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and the final thing for us to consider together this morning is that there's no identity we receive, new no intimacy we receive, and finally, a new inheritance. Let's look at um, verse 16 and 17 together. It says this, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs of with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now, inheritance, I hope I'm not alone in this, It's a weird concept. It's weird. For me, it's a weird concept. Someone says to you, would you like a house? Would you like lots of money? A car or two? A holiday home in the Lake District, or wherever it is you may have one? And your response, natural, would be, of course I do. Um where do I sign? But then the news comes that, you know, to receive that, you have to, someone has to die, your parents have to die, or your family has to die. It's a really strange concept, isn't it? Inheritance. Um, And even then the government will tax it, you know, ridiculously, won't they? And to be honest, you know, when you think about it, puts you in a really awkward position. (laughs) Because you're like, oh my word, I want all these things. But of course, you would value um, people over those things. But inheritance is really... Am i might be. Am I alone in that? Is that weird? Do you find that weird? I find it really weird. Um, so I don't want to think about it, but to think about to receive all of these things, that something has to end. So somebody's life or existence has to end for you to receive something. Um, but again, in the gospel, the beautiful thing is that God promises his people the greatest inheritance at no cost to us. And Paul speaks here... In Romans eight, that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. I mean, that is mind-blowing. Is this is where you, you know, on, on your on your smartphone, you'd have that mind-blown emoji. I use that quite a lot, probably un- overuse it, but that mind-blown emoji comes into my mind's so eye to think about through no, through nothing that we have achieved or accomplished that we receive the same inheritance as Jesus Christ, all because of what he has done for us, all because of God and his grace towards us. You see, I mean, you may know this, but an heir is someone who is legally entitled to receive the inheritance of their father, um, or um, again, in that language that the predecessor upon their death. And, and it's true of us, as Christians, because of God's grace, because of the death of Jesus on the cross, we will receive the greatest, again, not not a car, not a house, not a holiday home, but a spiritual, eternal inheritance that will not be destroyed, that will not decay, but one that will, will remain throughout all of eternity. And I want to read some verses here to add some weight to this, okay? Um, and if you can turn with me if you'd like, or you can just listen here. Um, in Ephesians 2 but we need to understand if we are Christian this morning or not we need to understand who we were and where we were and we see this wonderfully uh, written in Ephesians chapter 2 the first three verses it may be familiar to you it may be um, something you know which we've read many many times before but please listen in here and just feel the weight of who we used to be before we knew God it says this and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which he once walked following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind that's what the bible says who we used to be um, before we knew God before we knew Jesus and we need to feel the weight of that because that is those words there, like dead and by nature children of wrath you know that is that is the, that is how we were once viewed in light of of our existence before knowing God but look at now where God has raised us to so that that passage there continues on in verses uh, four to seven says this but God there's always a wonderful following when we hear those words, but God says this, being rich in mercy because of the great love, with which he, with he, which, which, great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. It's by grace you have been saved and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. It's one this is what we, we receive a new identity, this intimacy, inheritance, all because of what God has done for us in and through His Son in the Gospel. And again, reread these over the next few days, next few weeks to really feel the weight of that. And finally, as we close, I want to again feast on these words. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. I want to read it out because this is a picture of what it looks like to be um, a beneficiary of this inheritance that is to come. Um, Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 14, to finish our time this morning, says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, And that is what we have to look forward to. And then, you know, you're looking at... This is a very, very, very brief application. It's not about doing things. It's not about trying to hit a mark or, or whatever. It's about understanding who we are and being who we are. And until that time, God calls us to live in light of that, to love him, to love one another, to love his word, to pray for one another um, and to seek to reach those people around... This community here, um, our neighbours, our friends, our fa- um, family members, um, work colleagues, anyone who we come into contact with, who do not know this intimacy, this new identity, this inheritance, um, and we do this in the secure knowledge um, and security that you know God loves us enough to see who we were, yet yeah, to provide a way for us to become His family. Um, you know, amazing, wonderful truths. to encourage encourages this morning. Um, if we know Jesus, if we know God through through the gospel, then that's who we are. That, that's for us. Um, please do dwell on that further. Um, pray into these things. Seek to live in light of that. Those days when we, you know, feelings are, are terrible. They're overrated, aren't they? We don't. Sometimes we don't, we don't feel um, close to God. We don't feel like a child of God and that's, that's nonsense um, feelings change all the time this is truth this is truth of who God tells us that we are we are his children we are loved we are valued we are cared for so much so that he sent his own son to die for us so that we can receive this um, so be encouraged by that remember that through this week through the, the weeks to come um, and again before we pray the final call is, is if we don't know this we don't know God this morning, this is available to us um, and it's nothing, you know it's hard I can remember I was chatting to Neil this morning about this, I can remember growing up just being really angry and against church because it it questioned who I was it put restrictions or perceived restrictions on who I thought I was Um, and that is obviously as we know if we are believers that is not the case Um, what God offers in offers us through his son through his word here is is the freedom that we talked about a few weeks ago is his spirit, is life eternal and is access to an unbelievable, loving, gracious heavenly father and he wants us to receive that Um, and that's my prayer for you if you don't know him this morning um, to know him to come to put your faith in Jesus for what he has done Um, let's pray Father in heaven, we just thank you um, that we can spend this short amount of time this morning um, just really fo- just focusing on who you are and what you have done for us. That when we consider what it means to be your son, your daughter, your child, um, we come in the safety and the knowledge that we are loved unconditionally because it's not about how we feel about what we've done, about what we hope to achieve. It's all about what you have accomplished for us at the cross. Um, and through your, the death of your son, through his resurrection, through his ascension, through the fact that he is with you now interceding for us still, and, and that you've given us your spirit to indwell within us because of all of these things. Well, we can have absolute confidence and assurance that this is true, that we can feel in the right sense that intimacy with you and experience it because it's not dependent upon us. It's secure because of Jesus. And we just praise you for that. Um, and again, Father, just for the continuation of our time in the next few weeks, um, You know, we are human and we will forget this. And Satan will try and distract us from this. And the world around us will show us something shinier or pers- what we think might be shinier, um, whatever that may be. I pray you protect us from assuming a different identity as our priority, um, as looking for intimacy in different things. Um, and for focusing too much on earthly inheritance, Father, when you've promised everything that we need in your word. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus and who, who he is and what he has done. For us, and that we can have this, this relationship with you and with each other because of what He has done for us. Um, Father, we just thank you for that and we lift up His name, we lift up the name of Jesus this morning. Um, and it is in Him that we pray these things. Amen.